The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. I'm the Executive Minister, Senior Assistant Minister, and the Director of the John Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Dr. Terry B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. is the Founder. We're having a powerful conversation about Wayne Dyer's book, The Power of Intention. I've been teaching it now for several weeks with some, you know, couple of weeks off here and there and some interviews here and there. But today we're going to pick it right back up at chapter eight, which is, it is my intention to live my life on purpose. It is my intention to live my life on purpose. And I think this is a very powerful chapter. My goal is to cover all of it today instead of breaking it up into two parts, because I want to make sure I just give you, you know, the real, what I consider impactful points of the chapter. I still suggest strongly that you read the chapters yourself, that you get the book and read the chapters yourself, because what spirit gives you might be different than what I might highlight. And I want to make sure that you get what you need I also want to remind you that I made a request a couple of episodes ago about going onto the mindbodyspirit.fm website and just clicking on uh, finding my page, Truth Transforms, and just clicking on it, you know, uh, at least once a day or a couple of times a day, just reopening it. I want Google to put Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell at the top. So when you Google Truth Transforms, it shows up there. So that request is still out there. So if you're doing it, thank you. And if you haven't, it's my request that you just help me put it out front. When I was on another platform on Unity Online Radio, Truth Transforms at the top. And I want to be at the top because I believe that this podcast has a message for people. So whether you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or some other podcast app, I'm going to ask you to go to mindbodyspirit.fm, click on Truth Transforms page, and just save it and just open it up daily. Do it for a month. Do it for a couple of months. And what it'll do is just help the algorithms get this message out in front of other people. I appreciate your cooperation. Now, let's get to it. So chapter eight, again, is it is my intention to live my life on purpose. I don't know how well you can hear me. I'm just realizing that my microphone what probably wasn't as close to me as it needed to be. Hopefully this sounds better. All right, so uh, it starts off with two quotes, uh, one from Buddha, which says, those who have failed to work toward the truth have missed the purpose of living. And Sivanada, your sole business in life is to attain God realization. All else is useless and worthless. 
So this chapter is really about finding your purpose, living from purpose. And what does that look like? All right. So he starts off the chapter by saying a sense of purpose is at the very top of the pyramid of self-actualization created by Abraham Maslow more than 50 years ago. Through his research, Dr. Maslow discovered that those who feel purposeful are living the highest quality that humanity has to offer. So if you're not familiar with the pyramid of self-actualization or the hierarchy of needs, as also I've heard it called by Abraham Maslow, which is M-A-S-L-O-W, I would strongly suggest you take a look at it uh, because it does give some great insight. So he says that often when he's speaking, people ask him the same questions. How do I find my purpose? Does such a thing really exist? Why don't I know my purpose in life? Being on purpose is what most self-actualized people accomplish on their life journeys. But then he gives an alternative way of looking at it. So let me start off with this. This is on page 148. The theme of this book is that intention is a force in the universe and that everything and everyone is connected to this invisible force. That's the first thing. So you have purpose just because you are one with God. You're one with this power of intention. You're one with divine mind. You're one with spirit. You are created by purpose for a purpose. All right. Then he goes to, he says, so uh, as I mentioned, the key question for most of us is, what is my purpose? And I hear that question in many forms as there are people wondering about it. Questions like, what am I supposed to be doing? Should I be an architect, a florist, a veterinarian? Should I help people or fix automobiles? Am I supposed to have a family or be in the jungle saving chimpanzees? We are befuddled by the endless number of options available to us and wonder whether we're doing the right thing. In this chapter, I urge you to forget these questions. Move instead to a place of faith and trust in the universal mind of intention, remembering that you emanated from this mind that you are and that you are a piece of it at all times. So let's just stop here for a second. He's asking you to stop wrapping your brain around, well, I need to find my purpose, I need to find my purpose, and step back and say, okay, let me just move uh, according to how spirit is guiding me to move. Let me have faith and trust that this universal mind of intention, this God mind, this divine mind will guide me into right action. I really want you to get that and let purpose find you. If you're being guided by spirit, you're on purpose because spirit will guide you into the actions you need to be doing. All right. So he has a few um, points that I want to drill down on page 148. He says, first, you'll discover that your purpose is not as much about what you do as it is about how you feel. Your second discovery will be that feeling purposeful activates your power of intention to create anything that's consistent with the seven faces of intention, which I taught in detail on a previous podcast. Now, why is this important? Whatever you do, as far as your occupation or your action, I am suggesting, and I believe Wayne Dyer is suggesting, is that you get in tune with spirit as much as you possibly can, okay? Instead of trying to sometimes, we sometimes we try to get the big picture 
and just see if you can just get, what do I need to be doing today? Okay, God, what do I need to be doing today? And just pay attention. It can come in different ways. Just pay attention. You might have a dream. You might have a vision. It might be a conversation. A song might pop in your head. That literally happened to me today. Uh, I was contemplating something for the church and the song popped in my head and, and I started humming it. And the words were what I needed to hear. It was very, it's very important that you just stop and start to pay attention to how spirit will show up. And spirit always shows up in a way that you will understand. Spirit is not going to come to you and explain to you what you need to do in the terminology that will only be understood by astrophysicists. Spirit will show up in a way that you understand. All right. So the first thing he talks about is feeling purposeful. He said, in response to the question, what should I do with my life? I suggest that there's only one thing you can do with it. Since you came into this life with nothing and you leave with nothing, you can give it away. You feel most on purpose when you are giving your life away by serving others. So this doesn't mean everybody has to become a minister or a priest or a guru or an imam or rabbi. What it does mean is you can show up as service. Okay. In other words, there's always something to give. I was teaching my dynamics, dynamic laws of prosperity class this last night for the Johnny Coleman Institute. I was explaining to them that there's always something to give. The worst thing that a person can have as far as a mentality around our life is to believe that they have nothing to give. When you get to the place where, okay, I don't have anything to give, uh, whether that's money substance, whether that's time, talent, or treasure, there's always something to give. It's always a way to show up as service. And when we think that we can't show up as service, we are truly, truly locked in and locked into a consciousness of lack and fear. So when you can give it away, and when I say give your life away, that means that you allow yourself to be moved according to spirit. You know, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman used to always talk about, you know, when our money was funny, she would find a way to give. But your giving could be through service. Go and volunteer somewhere, someplace to where you're not expecting to get anything in return for it. Recognize that God gives the return. It doesn't have to come from that place. Go volunteer at the local school council. Go volunteer at the library. Volunteer and help the kids learn football or basketball or baseball or whatever. You know, or according to your skill, you're an artist, you know how to draw. Go help somebody else. Volunteer to help somebody else live their dream. Go, go volunteer for your church. Figure out how you can show up if you have a church or if not some other non-for-profit organization. How can you show up as service? How can you donate as service? Whether it's, again, time, talent, or treasure. All right, back to the book. It says, so your intention is to live your life on purpose, but what is the spiritual source like in that regard? It is perpetually in the process of giving its life force away to create something from nothing. 
When you do the same, regardless of what you are giving or creating, you are in harmony with intention. I often say this in religious circles because, you know, uh, there are some religious leaders who, you know, have the right to their opinion, even though I disagree. Uh, you know, these are last and evil days and the world, God is going to destroy the world and, and, and God, you know, hates what's going on. And I don't agree with any of those things. And I always just go back to the scripture that uh, is promoted in the Bible more than anything else. God so loved the world that he gave, gave, gave. God so loved the world that he gave. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, I'm of the opinion that, you know, God is not no superhuman male. That's the language that was used in scripture. And that's fine. God so loved the world that he gave. When you love, love shows up as service. Love shows up as service. God so loved the world that he gave. All right. Back to the book. All right. Page 149. All right. It says. When you are in service of others or extend kindness beyond your own boundaries, you feel connected to the source. That's key. You feel connected to the source. When you have an opportunity to show up as service or as gifts or to bless someone else, just think about how good that feels. All right. Turning the page, your purpose will find you. This is key. All right. He wrote, instead of Searching for purpose, let purpose find you. He says, suppose instead that you know that this is a purposeful universe where your thoughts, emotions, and actions are a part of your free will and also are connected to the power of intention. Suppose that your thoughts of being purposeless and aimless are really a part of your purpose, just as the thought of losing someone you love makes you love them even more or an illness makes you treasure your, your health. Suppose that it takes the thought of your unimportance to make you realize your value. When you are when you're awake enough to question your purpose and ask how to connect to it, you are being prodded by the power of intention. So the very fact that you are pondering the question, what is my purpose, means that spirit is prodding you to pay attention. That's another way of looking at it. Spirit is prodding you to pay attention. All right. He wrote it this way. In a sense, thoughts about your purpose are really your purpose trying to reconnect to you. Mm. That's powerful. That's powerful. So again, it goes back to paying attention. Paying attention. Paying attention. Let your purpose find you. If you're doing your prayer work, your meditation work, you're studying, you're showing up as love and service, your purpose will find you. I know that might not be great for people, make it happen, people, but sometimes life has more than one side of the coin. At times, it's time to be strong and active, and other times, it's release, let go, and let God guide you. This is a release, let go, and let God guide you. So while you're taking active action to show up as love and service, you're also recognizing that spirit 
as perfect ways in which to move you into high, excuse me, higher and higher ways of wisdom, understanding, power, love, health, and prosperity. All right. The next point is your silent knowing, inner knowing. All right. He wrote, somewhere buried deep within each of us is a call to purpose. It's not always rational, not always clearly delineated, and sometimes even seemingly absurd. But the knowing is there. There is a silent something within that intends you to express yourself. So again, you'll be prodded. There's a desire. There's a wisdom. That uh, there's a higher knowing within you that knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And sometimes it might not make sense to other people, but you have to be honest enough to know that you have to move how spirit is guiding you, not how you think uh, other people, what other people think you should be doing. That doesn't mean you don't listen to good counsel. What I am saying is you have to stop paying attention to what's happening in your soul. I'm not telling people don't listen to your lawyer. I'm saying you need to stop paying attention to what's going on in your soul. I'm not telling people don't listen to their doctors. I'm saying you need to start paying attention to what's going on in your soul because you will be guided to the right doctor and you'll be guided guided to the right counselor or lawyer or business partner or whatever. You'll be guided to know when it's time to take action and when it's time not to take action because the person who's 100% responsible for your life is you. That person is you. All right. And he gives an excellent example with his daughter about his daughter, Sky, which I'll let you read on your own. I'm not going to uh, read that story to you. But what I am going to do is we're going to take a quick momentary pause. So let me give this commercial. Um, just as an FYI, yet again, I want to make sure that we're getting this message out to people as much as possible. So I'm going to ask you to share the podcast on your social media. I would greatly appreciate it. You can even tag me if you want. That's fine. I'm on Instagram. I have a Facebook page dedicated to this show titled Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Again, on Facebook, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. I'm on Twitter. So I'm totally findable. All I'm asking you to do is share the podcast with people so we can get the word out. All right. You know, I'm doing other things, obviously, you know, I have a relationship, a relationship podcast on another network. I, I, you know, I'm teaching classes in the Johnny Coleman Institute. You know, I preach all around the places. I pop up all up all over the internet. Now, what I'm just trying to do is get this message out. You know, I'm a big believer in what Les Brown says. And he said, you know, that we, we, you know, he uses the term die empty. We should be leaving here knowing that we gave it our best shot to give what God gave us. And I want to make sure that I do that very thing. And I want to make sure that this message that God has blessed me to learn and blessed me with the ability to explain well is sent around the world. Because when I get messages from different parts of the world, countries in Africa, Countries in the Caribbean, uh, you know, people listening in Central, Mer- Central America, Mexico, all through the United States and Canada. I know that it's a blessing for me to even have access to these people's minds. 
and I don't want to take it for granted. I want to make sure that we get this information out there as much as we possibly can. So I'm going to ask you again to share it. I'm going to ask you to uh, help me spread the word of this message out to the people. And the other thing is, yet again, go to the mindbodyspirit.fm website and make sure you're clicking on it so I can move up up the ladder on Google. All right? All right. So we're going to take a, a quick momentary break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I, I'm still teaching in chapter eight of the book. It is my intention to live my life on purpose. And I'm now on inspiration and purpose. So Wayne Dyer wrote on page 154. <clears throat> when you are inspired by a great purpose, everything will begin to work for you. Inspiration comes from moving back in spirit and connecting to the seven faces of intention. When you feel inspired, what appeared to be risky becomes a path you feel compelled to follow. I want to stop there for a moment. I I do not believe that God calls people to comfort and convenience. I believe that God calls you to your passion, to desire, to a higher way of living and purpose. In other words, every time you look at scriptures throughout the years, whether you're in the Judeo-Christian tradition, Islamic, uh, Hindu, Buddhist, uh, et cetera, et cetera, you'll see that people who have been called to purpose are all re- always given a direct assignment. Go and do this. Moses, go and free my people. That was the direct assignment. Abraham, go into a land and, you know, I, I, you know, I'm going to make your people a nation. Very specific. Paul, the apostle Paul was the, the apostle to the Gentiles. Very specific. He was told what to do. And I believe that we have inspiration. We have intuition. We have inner knowing that will guide us into doing the very thing that at one point we thought was risky. And now there's no way on God's green earth that we can't. Uh, stay away from doing it. That's a part of the process. All right. He goes on to say, uh, let me read that again. When you feel inspired, what appeared to be risky becomes a path you feel compelled to follow. Michael Beckwith says it this way. Pain pushes until vision pulls. Pain pushes until vision pulls. Are you being pushed by life right now? Or are you being pulled 
by life. Next paragraph, he says, when I left the work that, that no longer inspired me, every single detail that I worried about was almost magically taken care of for me. I had spent several months working for a large corporation where I was offered a salary three times higher than I been paid as a teacher, but I wasn't in spirit. The prodding inner knowing said, do what you're here to do. And teaching counseling became my manifested daily purpose. And then he gives examples. When I left a professorship at a major university for writing and public speaking, it wasn't a risk. It was something I had to do because I knew that I couldn't feel happy with myself if I didn't follow my heart. The universe handled the details because I was feeling love for what I was doing. And consequently, I was living my truth. Now, he was saying that he wasn't just jumping out there. He was doing his inner work. And because he was in alignment with his inner work, the grace of God was showing up as the provision for the things that needed to happen. Now, you can say, well, that's impossible. But you just don't know. Now, I'm not t- again, I'm not telling anybody what you should do. What I'm saying is do your prayer work. Do your meditation work. Do your spiritual contemplation. Read the books. Get in tune. Listen to my podcast. (laughs) And let's make sure that you are in tune so you know what you need to be doing. He wrote it this way on page 155. You may think it's too risky to give up a salary, a pension, job security, or familiar surroundings because of a dim nightlight in your mind that draws you to see why it's turned on. I suggest that there are no risk at all if you pay attention to that light, which is your knowing. Combine your strong knowing with faith that spirit will provide. And you acknowledge the power of intention at work. Your trust in this inner knowing is all you need. I call it faith. Not faith in an external God to provide you with a purpose, but faith in the call you're hearing from the center of your being. This desire is God tapping at the door of your soul. This desire is telling you, pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. Your gifts will make your way. Your your obedience, your obedience will make a way for you. Scripture even says obedience is better than sacrifice. If you want to make sacrifices, they don't always want to be obedient. Well, I gave this up and I did this and I did that. Okay, but is that what you were guided to do by spirit? Obedience is better than sacrifice. This is why the Apostle Paul wrote, I believe it was to the Corinthians, God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, what's the attitude in which you even give your donation? Like everything matters because it has energy connected to it. So then he talks about making intention your reality. He has a few points. Step one, affirm that in an intelligent system, no one shows up by accident, including you. I love that. He went on to write, there's meaning in your existence and you have the capacity to live from a perspective of purpose. The first step is to know that you're here on purpose. This is not the same as knowing what you're supposed to do. Now, it's just saying I belong here. I say it this way. There's something radically right about you. 
I've been saying that term for several years now, ever since it popped in my head as I was speaking to students uh, in front of some students from Columbia College in downtown Chicago while I was speaking at Chicago Ideas, which is down the street from Columbia. And I was just trying to explain to them what New Thought teaches about humanity. And I said, we teach that there's something radically right about you. You have to recognize there's something radically right about me. Not my human personality, uh, you know, you know, what, what, what's the word I want to use? Not your human personality, uh, uh, agreeable and disagreeable ways. That's probably the best way for me to say it. There's something radically right about you as a spiritually perfect, whole and complete being. You are made in the image and likeness of God. You are an individualized expression of the one presence, one power, one mind, one source, one creator that we call God. You're not here by accident. You're on a mission from God, as they used to say in the movie, The Blues Brothers. Step two, seize every opportunity, no matter how small, to give your life away in service. Now, here's the thing. The more you can show up as service, the more people will uh, support you, including financially. When Steve Jobs showed up with the idea of the iPhone, that was service to humanity. And the benefit was Apple turned into one of the biggest companies in the world. Now, you might not say, well, that wasn't service. He wasn't giving it away. But what he was doing was serving humanity with an idea. You might have an idea that can serve humanity and people will pay you for it. Now, outside of that context, Showing up as service does not mean uh, showing up as a lack of wisdom. It doesn't mean uh, being a floor mat. It doesn't mean letting people manipulate and use you. Showing up as service just means that you are here to get your ego out of the way. And as God guides you, you will show up as love, as wisdom, as power, or whatever else God needs you to show up as in a particular situation. That's not based upon emotion, fear, and ego based upon the internal guidance of spirit that can come through emotion, but it's not just purely generated from emotion. Number three, align your purpose with the field of intention. He wrote it this way. This is the most important thing you can do to fulfill your intention. Be aligned with the universal field means having faith that your creator knows why you're here, even if you don't. All right. God knows why I'm here. God knows what I'm taxed to do. I like to say it this way. God in you knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. God in me knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. God in me knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Okay? God in me. God in me. All right. Step four, ignore what anyone else tells you about purpose. In other words, you have to be mindful uh, that your tr- what you need to know, spirit will guide you to, including giving you the gifts that will be the clues to things that you can do. Some people are naturally gifted in other things than you, and you're more naturally gifted in, as well than they are in other things. Be open and receptive again to... Uh, Again, it goes back to the prayer work, the meditation work, the studying, the contemplation. You have to be in tune. 
All right. Number five, remember that the all creating feel of intention will work on your behalf. All right. He wrote, all of the problems we face are created by our belief that we are separate from God and each other, leading us to be in a state of conflict instead of recognizing that the universal law of God works on my behalf. I am the thinker who thinks the thought that makes the thing, as Johnny Coleman used to say. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. Step six, study and replicate the lives of people who have known their purpose. Either read biographies of these people and explore how they lived and what motivated them to stay on purpose when obstacles surface. It's always good. I remember I was reading this particular biography called Joe Goldsmith and I by Walter Starkey. I don't know if it's uh, still in print. And uh, Walter Starkey was one of the earliest students of Joe Goldsmith, who was a Christian mystic in the 20th century, uh, in the, between the 1930s and uh, 1960s, early 1960s. And when I was reading the book, besides it being powerful, I just laughed at times because some of the points reminded me so much of Johnny Coleman. And it was just like, oh, okay, I can see, I can see it, I can see it. It was point after point after point, and I'm not about to undress the book right now, but or go over the points that I thought were similar. But it was important to me to just get a, a grip on how did this spiritual genius work and think. I love biography. And, and autobiographies, because it gives me an opportunity to get into the thinking of a person. I think anybody that writes a book is exposing you to the way they think. So I look at all books that way. But start studying the history of people. And I think you'll be surprised that they all had obstacles. They had all had to overcome internal and external factors. Number seven. Act as if you're living the life you're intended to live, even if you feel confused about this thing called purpose. In other words, stay in tune and keep showing up as love, even if you don't have all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers to love. You don't have to have all the answers to show up as service. You don't have to have all the answers to be the peace in the midst of chaos. You don't have to have all the answers to be a word of wisdom when people need it. You don't have to be have all the answers when somebody needs you to just show up and help them out with something. You can just show up and help out. All I'm saying is keep showing up as service. Step eight, meditate to stay on purpose, which I've been saying the whole time. You got to do the work. You got to do the work. And as you do the work, miraculous things can happen. Step nine, and he gives a powerful story about a meditation and a, and a person that was uh, working he and his wife were trying to uh, have a baby and they were having some issues with embryos being frozen and all type of stuff. It's a powerful um, med- uh, uh, demonstration of meditation and actually uh, a couple being able to have a child because they stay true to their spiritual practice. Step nine, keep your thoughts and feelings in harmony with your action. Okay, he wrote, your actions need to be in harmony with your thoughts. Trust in those thoughts that harmonize and be willing to act upon them. So again, obedience is better than sacrifice. 
So as you keep your thoughts in alignment with God, what you also need to do is make sure that your actions are going together. So as someone once said, make sure the tongue of your mouth and the tongue in your shoes are going in the same direction. And that just means that your mouth and your actions match. Be mindful of that. So you can make sure that your thoughts are in alignment with your actions. Okay. Because sometimes we talk a good game, but we don't follow it up with good action. Be a person uh, that the scripture calls a doer of the word. In the book of uh, James, the epistle of James, it is written, faith without works is dead. Step 10, stay in a state of gratitude. You know, I often say when you take the P off phrase, you have raised. I didn't make that up. I got it when I got here at CUT. What you raise, what you praise, you raise. So having an attitude of gratitude, thanking God for the supply, for the peace, the joy, the health. Don't take anything for granted. Say grace when you eat. Thank God for the uh, paycheck or the uh, or the paid invoice or governor government assistance or whatever how supply shows up. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Be you know you get up and you're healthy, uh, even if every part of your body is not is acting right, but one part. Thank God for the health in your body. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for these limbs. Thank you, God, for this heart. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Putting your eyeglasses on because you need them to see. Thank you, God, for eyeglasses. Stay in an attitude of gratitude. So I'm just going to read one more thing from this chapter, which is on the last page, 162. Your goal in accessing the power of intention is to return to your source and live from that awareness, replicating the very actions of intention itself. That source is love. Therefore, the quickest method for understanding and living your purpose is to ask yourself if you're thinking in loving ways. Do your thoughts flow from a source of love within you? Are you acting on those loving thoughts? If the answers are yes and yes, then you are on purpose. I can say no more. So the overall purpose is to express God, to show up as love, because God in you knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. So with that, I'm going to close. Next week, we're going to cover chapter nine. It is my intention to be authentic and peaceful with all of my relatives. So I'm sure you want to hear that part. So again, I'll be with you next week with Truth Transform. God bless you. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.